You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. And welcome back, folks, to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. Is actually Sunday, a weekend here. Yes, I am working weekends. January 29th, whenever you guys listen to this, who knows where I'll be. I might be in La La Land. I've almost been up for, you know, 30 hours straight. Um, this is almost like election night for me. As you guys well know, I'm going to cut straight to the point here. I wrote a book last year called Stolen Sovereignty. I want you guys to go to Amazon, get it. All your ammo, all the ammo you need to debunk the left on immigration, on sovereignty, on the courts is all in there. And when I wrote Stolen Sovereignty, I literally wrote it for this moment. And when I started writing it almost, uh, oh, what is it, a year and a half ago, I didn't think a guy like Donald Trump would be president, but I hoped we would have had some sort of reasonable conservative Republican who would clamp down on illegal immigration, who would stop the flood of refugees, who would stop this flood of massive immigration from failed Islamic states. And I was concerned about the following outcome. And this is the outcome that we are dealing with right now. And that's why I'm so busy. Because um, no one else seems to understand immigration law, sovereignty in the courts. And that's as follows. Even if we successfully get a president and a, and a Congress willing to do the right thing on immigration, the courts and the legal profession, and when I mean the legal profession, I mean the ACLU and all these affiliated groups that have the ability to file a lawsuit anywhere, anytime, all 50 states, will encumber every single Illegal Immigration Enforcement Act, every single statute in the courts, and basically get a stay or injunction against the law or action within minutes. And we saw that late last night, Saturday night, with this entire business. Now, I want to take a step back before we, we really explore some of the details. And obviously, I'm going to post on our show notes the seminal article I have so far, Fact versus Myth. I'm going to have a lot more on this from the legal aspect, from the philosophical aspect, from the political aspect. Those of you who have followed me all year, I mean, I've pretty much written, I've, I've written more about this in my columns than probably the size of my book. So all the arguments are there. I just need to gather them. Um, but basically, remember the last time we met, and I apologize for uh, not putting out another podcast at the end of the last week. Last time we met, I was very critical of Donald Trump. I was critical of him in the primary. I was critical of him in the general. I was even critical of him until the fir you know, first couple hours of his administration. I didn't like some things he was doing. So I'm the last person in the world to shill for someone um, just because they're a Republican. In fact, I'm always going to be holding him accountable. But when a man does everything you ask him to do, right? this is what we all wanted, and he does it, the entire conservative movement, and there's no such thing as a conservative movement, the thumbsuckers, the little, 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 you know, snowflake conservatives. Oh, I'm so scared. Oh, it's illegal. Oh, oh, the courts. Oh, the protests. I mean, and, you know, they're coming up with all these excuses. And look, 
Donald Trump's always going to be kind of a messaging dumpster fire. Some of the people around him are incompetent. You know, yeah, they should have offered a little bit more notice. And obviously, I'm sure this wasn't done very smoothly. But you can't get bogged down on those points. We're in a fight for our civilization. And there's some dangerous implications of, of what's going on now. The entire political elite, left and right, basically believes that a country has no right to decide who could come in and who cannot come in. And I know, you know, those of you who have followed me very closely, I've done podcasts on this before. Some of it might be a repeat, but it's it's worth noting again. And I want to go take this very slowly. So first, what did... Oh, and by the way, just before we get into what Trump did, <clears throat> what's amazing with conservatives, and you're finding this with Obamacare, you're finding this with everything, conservatives love being a permanent grievance lobby. So, oh, the Democrats, the media did this, and then, you know, this is terrible policy. And then when they finally get a chance to change it, are you kidding me, Daniel? There's going to be riots if we do that. I mean, this at its core is why over the past 40 years, conservatives have only partially reformed one out of 77 means-tested welfare programs. Right, that was a 96 welfare uh, reform with TANF. They, they, They can never do anything. So you would think a 90-day moratorium until we have a better vetting system in place from countries like Yemen and Somalia and Syria would kind of be a no-brainer. That's kind of what he ran on. That's kind of what we criticized Obama for not doing. And on paper, he actually started the process. We'll get to that in a minute. And then all of a sudden, these conservatives run away from it. I don't know. You can't do that. These people have green cards. So what? And that, you know, so most of you... I'm preaching to the choir, but my goal is, A, to get you guys you know, some specific talking points on some specific provisions, what's going on, um, to warn you about what I see coming, why we need to reform the courts in general. And this is going to segue into the end of the week when Trump picks the SCOTUS nominee. Um, and then also just to have an understanding of the conservatives online, all these publications, most you know, National Review and Weekly Standard – are just losing their mind over it. You know, every Republican is for a flat tax, except when you finally get on the stage and you finally have the opportunity to implement it. Well, I don't know. You know, then the poor are going to get hurt. We got a refundable tax credit. Okay, we're all for free market health care. Uh, Obamacare must go. I mean, every Republican. Now we have the opportunity. It's it's not going. No significant part of it will go now. I mean, that's that's done. Everyone realizes that. I warned about it about two months ago, and now everyone realizes that. Um, you're going to see the same thing with the Supreme Court pick, and I don't want to belabor the point this time. We'll, we'll obviously tackle it at the end of the week. I'm a little bit scared of, the, of what I'm hearing that Hardiman from the Third Circuit is is the leading candidate. This guy's a stealth nominee. Um, he is. There's nothing about his past that demonstrates that he's going to rule correctly on the very issues we're talking about here on immigration. You need a Clarence Thomas. Only a true ori- originalist will rule that way. We got big problems here. Oh, Daniel, you mean that type of originalist? Oh, no, that, that you can't do. This is what we are. It's like you finally get into the seat and you get you get gun shy. And as much as I complain about Trump and I will continue to have problems with him, he actually had the balls to do it. You know, this is what we asked for. Now, look, going back, one of the, concerns i always had was that you know a he might not follow through with his promises and even if he does 
He's going to have so many other liberal things and so many bad messaging tactics and just a dumpster fire. It's going to smear the gold with feces. And yeah, I mean, some of that is true. But what am I supposed to do? You know, this is not about supporting Trump or not Trump. No, you know, notice I was the biggest critic of him in the first few days. And now I'm so-called the biggest supporter, but I'm not. It's, it's neither. I am for what's right. Let's not get bogged down in who, what, what happened here. So this is not a Muslim ban, right? <laughs> that, that's, it, it just, it is the seven countries that are failed states that are either state sponsors of terror or havens of, of, of terrorism because there is no government. Think Sudan, Somalia, Libya, Yemen, obviously Syria, um, Iraq is, is you know, broken apart as well. And then Iran is you know, a little different. It's a stable government, but we're practically at war with them. Um, so the point is you're not sharing any information. We can't get any data on people. There's no way of knowing who these people are. Right? This was Every Republican said this. You know, you know where I stand on this, and I believe a lot of you stand, is that it's a cultural problem. You're letting in Sharia law. You're letting in this is the lesson from Europe. You're 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 just you know letting in a fifth column. It's not just about vetting, you know, whether you're a terrorist or not. But Trump didn't go that route. Everyone's like, well, why didn't you cut off from Pakistan and Saudi Arabia? Well, so on the one hand, you complain it's a Muslim ban, and then you ask, why didn't you do more? Well, yeah, I actually think we should have done more, but you know. To his credit, he picked the low-hanging fruit, and also those are the ones with the legal distinction that Obama himself, pursuant to the law passed in 2015, if you remember from Congress, um, took away the visa waiver program from those you know nationalists of nationals of those countries. So he just merely codified what he did, you know, to you know everything. Now. So what it does is it it stops the issuance of any new visas, and then anyone coming back, let's say they leave the country or left the country, and they want to come back, you are now an alien, whether you have a green card, whether you have a student visa, whatever it is, you're an alien willing, um, wishing to enter the country, and it's up to our discretion whether to let you in. And, and it has discretion there, waiver authority, case by case, and indeed, every single person with a green card was um, let back in. So let's understand certain basic philosophical points here about a country's sovereignty and their rights. We cannot lose this. And I I encourage you to buy my book and go straight to chapter four. Chapter four is where I make the case the right of a country to exclude, to deport. Here's the deal. A country has the right. So let's go through, you know, the different categories. U.S. citizens, so they can't be deported, obviously. You, once you're a citizen or you're a, you know immigrant and you get naturalized, you become a citizen like anyone else, you're, you're good to go. Um, now, unless you know we prove that your oath was fraudulent or something like that, you can denaturalize someone in certain circumstances and then you know through due process, obviously, and you can throw them out. Now, the other end of the spectrum, if you are a prospective immigrant, you, you want to come here, you have no affirmative right to come here. Let's make this very clear. What Trump is doing has is is bare bones common sense that even Democrats pretty much agreed to after nine eleven. I mean, just one generation ago, this wouldn't have been controversial. But again, conservatives of today are pretty much to the left of of Democrats of yesteryear. So this wouldn't be controversial. He's not doing a Muslim ban. But to be very clear, you could ban Muslim immigration, right? You could do that. You could ban immigration 
from of of redheads or people with green eyes. Th- this goes back to sovereignty. This goes back to it, it. It basically starts like this: James Madison, when he used the paradigm, the example of republic of of the process of republican form of government, governance by the consent of the governed. Right, that's the fourth right of the preamble of the Declaration of Life, Liberty, Pursuit of Happiness, um, and then you also have go- the right to governance by the consent of the governed. A society gets together and through you know a process of majority rule and you know with a republic it's filtered through a little bit more more complicated than direct democracy that you you make decisions on what you want to do for your society. There's certain unalienable rights for your society. There's no greater decision a society will make than who to let in to that society and join together to make those very decisions. Now, these people, how, how, how do you decide who comes in? It's through your elected representatives. The people have to control that, right? No one else, not international not courts, not international tribunals, not the UN. Um, th- these are laws of nation states. I mean, this has been around forever. That is just a reality. Um, Governor Morris at the Constitution Convention, he said, and, and this is the most, to me, the most concise quote, every society from a great nation down to a club had the right of declaring the conditions on which new members should be admitted. There can be no room for complaint. Um, you know, this is from one of the first uh, court cases during the Chinese exclusion era. I believe it was Justice Fuller. I don't have it in front of me. Um but it is an accepted maxim of international law that every sovereign nation has the power is inherent in sovereignty and essential to self-preservation to forbid the entrance of foreigners within its dominions. And, you know, I'm going to at some point post something on all these. I might even put all these quotes in there. And this is the most settled of case law, 200 years of case law, just straight up. It's called the plenary power doctrine that the people through their elected representatives have plenary power to decide who comes in, period done there there's there's nothing nothing like that so you're gonna ask me well what about the middle ground what about the people that we let in um you know we agree to let them in but we give them temporary visas student visas some sort of worker visa or you know then the higher level of a green card but they're not citizens so what what's the story with them now a lot of people might not realize this and it might be a little bit unsettling but it makes sense. LPRs, green card holders, do not have an affirmative right, a perpetual state of renewal. Um, it, you know that, that you have the right to renew that, that green card. Um, you can be deported at any time for any reason. Now, let me explain what that means. The same way, and I'm trying to find the quote here where this would be. Basically, there's, well, there's a couple of quotes here, but Nafi Shaughnessy... Um, or no, it was, it was Mezzi, Shaughnessy v, v, v. Mezzi, in 1953, Justice Robert Jackson. Now, if, if you're not familiar with who this guy was, he was a champion of due process rights. He was the guy, he was, first of all, the lead prosecutor at the Nuremberg Trials, as well as he, he was the guy who wrote the dissent in Korematsu, the Japanese internment case. So, you know, this guy was a champion of due process rights. He made it very clear. Due process does not invest any alien with a right to enter the United States, nor confer on those admitted the right to remain against national will. Again, unless you've achieved citizenship, obviously. So 
you know, that is that is abundantly clear, right? There's no way you can get around that. Now, I want to just give you one more quote, and this is from Fang Tu Ting, the United States. This is an 1893 case. The right of a nation to expel or deport foreigners who have not yet been naturalized or taken any steps towards becoming citizens of the country rests upon the same grounds as ex- as exclusion, and it is an absolute and unqualified as the right to prohibit and prevent their entrance into the country, quote, unquote, in, in, in the first place. So that's the thing. Now, you might think philosophically, well, you know, you let them in, you know, and to take it away from them. And, you know, as a matter of policy, as a political argument, generally speaking, we don't want to do that. But you always have to reserve that right. You know, what it basically is, is that you have the right to allow anyone in or not allow people in under any circumstance, for any reason, any class of people. It could be discriminatory. It could be for good reasons. It could be for bad reasons. Those are political arguments. We're, we're talking legal now. And that's the key here. No, These people don't, a lot of these like Twitter thumb suckers don't know how to um, divorce political arguments from legal arguments. But th- these are very foundational sovereignty arguments, and, and we have to be very careful we don't lose sight of that. If we don't want to exercise our prerogative, politically fine, but don't say it doesn't exist. So even those here, so we have the right to set the circumstances and the conditions. Okay, you could come in, but here's the deal. We got to watch you. Um, and we're going to give you a period of time. And then when, if we feel satisfied, we will let you become a citizen. If not, we could deport you at any time. Now, unfortunately, in the body politic, it might, you know, mo- my, a lot of green card holders, and there's plenty of amazing green card holders. This is not, you know, the problem is with Islamic terrorists and Sharia law. Um, so no one's going after, you know, Irish or German nationals that are, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, this is Somalia. I mean, we have problems from there. So we have that right. Congress has the right to deport anyone for any reason. Now, that is governed by statute, not the Constitution. So under current statute, Cong- the statutes that are that we don't just deport, you know, a president and then and the administration can't just deport anyone. It's only those that are certain classes, criminal aliens, um, you know, members of gangs, gangs, terrorists, whatever. Um, so Congress would have to pass new laws, but those laws are absolutely permissible. Now, the courts will throw them out, and I guarantee you they would, and that's the problem. But what the president can do is exclude. Now, an exclusion is not just someone who never came here and wants to come here. Even if someone's been living here for 3 million years, but for whatever reason they didn't obtain citizenship, they have a green card, and they go overseas, when you are coming back, you are standing at that border, you are like someone who has never immigrated. You are an alien-seeking entry. That That is that is settled law. Um, I just want to give you a quote here. Justice Felix Frankfurter from that same uh, 1953 case, um, he said that the notion that immigration policy is, quote, entrusted exclusively to Congress has become about as firmly embedded in the legislative and judicial um, issues of our body politic as any aspect of our government. There is not merely a page of history, but a whole volume. So this is the most settled area of law, and it has been. Unfortunately, in recent years, the lower courts in particular have been chipping away at this, and that's where some of this complication is going to come in. Like, well, the court said it's a problem, but the courts aren't following history, and this is the whole business. Their side never follows stare decisis, you know, precedent, and our side somehow... You know, they, they could violate the preamble of the Declaration, the plain meaning of the Constitution, 200 years of case law. But once they do it one time, then that's stare decisis. And we can't, you know, 
go against that. that that's what we're told. But anyway, so to be clear, a, a president cannot deport anyone not part of those categories pursuant to statute. But a president, but if someone goes overseas, so this is where the green card thing comes in, you don't have a legal right. So let's just say legally. Let's just talk legally here. You come here with a green card. Some of it might be a harsh application of the law. And that's why at the end of the day, they did give the waiver and discretion. They all got let in. By the way, all the cases that went to court last night, they weren't even um, they weren't even green card holders. They were, you know, sometimes people that never even were here to begin with. It was the first time coming here. That is very dangerous that someone has a right to enter. And one other thing, when you're at a port of entry, another area of settled law, you you are standing before the boundary. It's if if you didn't get waved through customs, you are not on American soil. So the key thing is again, if they let you go, and then want to call you back, then that's a deportation. That's a removal. Now, Congress could tighten up the statute and just say, expedite and kick you out. But under the current statute, there is a process. A president can't just send you back on, you know, through the CBP officials, you know, send you back on the next flight. But if you are detained, you have the right to be detained at the border, um, and we, we could th- we could we could send you back. That is an exclusion. That is not a removal. Even if you were here before, that is the reality. That is settled case law. Now, let me just say a political argument here for a moment. Everyone says, well, why did Trump have to? Maybe he should have just like not done green card holders. Well, you know, maybe strategically I would have advised him to start off a little slower. Maybe. I, I, but, you know, keep in mind, this is what we've all been complaining about. We say Obama never vetted these people. We, we left about all these cases from Tafshin Malik, all these people, even citizens that kept going overseas to, to really suspicious places. And that was the hallmark of all these attacks. In the years preceding a lot of these domestic terror attacks, they went, to, they went back home or to these other countries. Now, it's a little bit harder to clamp down an American citizen. You can't indefinitely detain them. You have to wave them through. They have a right to come back to the country. Although you could question them. You could open an investigation which we should do sometimes. But if you are an LPR, you don't have that right. Sometimes it might be harsh, but legally you do not have an affirmative right. The expectation is that, you know, you'd be let through if you're not a bad guy, but, you know, if the country wants to be nasty to people, we could do that. But in this case, it's not nasty. It's nasty to the American people, to the people that they are sworn to represent, the American citizens, to not clamp down on this. If you're a Somali from the Minneapolis community going back to Somalia, wait a minute. I thought you got refugee status because you have a credible fear of persecution. Huh? How do you go back? But that's a different story. But you know what I mean? When they keep going back to these countries, well, we ought to, you know, you have the, we have the right to detain you and say, wait, before we let you in, we want to know what you were doing there. Now, to be very clear, I want a lot of people don't, you know, mix this up. Of course, of course, of course. Legal immigrants, and even illegal immigrants for that matter, they have human rights, and you, you can't um, beat them up and you know indefinitely detain them. But we're not talking about indefinite detention. What you do have the right to do is to say goodbye. Right? The, it, again, it's a very unsettling, you know, because you think, well, if I'm an upstanding green card um, holder, and I'm sure we have some listeners here that are great patriots, uh, much better than liberal citizens, <laughs> but... Um, 
yeah, I mean, theoretically, it's at the pleasure of the nation. I mean, that is, you know, like I started off my um, piece today, the quote from Justice James Erdell from North Carolina. He was one of the one of the top legal minds that founded this country. He helped craft craft Article Three of the Constitution itself. He said, any alien coming to this country must or ought to know that this being an independent nation, it has all the rights concerning the removal of aliens, which belong by the law of nations to any other, that while he remains in the country in the character of an alien, he can claim no other privilege than such as an alien is entitled to. And consequently, whatever risk he may incur in that capacity is incurred voluntarily with the hope that in due time, by his un- by his unexceptional unexceptionable conduct he may become a citizen of the united states again unfortunately it's been lost from a lot of people and they don't kind of view it that way but that is the legal thing i mean this is you know 218 years ago 1799 um i forgot what case that is i have a link to it but um i mean that 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 is the reality don't lie about our history traditions and, and sovereignty you know they say this is not who we are Actually, letting in Sharia law and the Middle East into our country in record numbers with no regard for how anti-Semitic they are, no regard to how they treat women, no regard to how compatible it is with our culture, is that is not who we are. That has never been done, as I demonstrate in chapter six of my book, six and seven, um, we've never, ever done anything like that in our history. They would have been appalled. I have quotes from you know Republicans and Democrats for you know so many years that their values on immigration were nothing like this. So, you know, that is just a bunch of hogwash. So anyway, that this is where we are. A president has the right to do this. Oh, so I'm sorry, I skipped a step here. So once Congress has the right, so, you know, well, what about the president? So again, the president can't deport, but the president can exclude. Why? Because very simple. Immigration Nationality Act 212F, Section 212F, it gives the president plenary, meaning complete power, quote, by proclamation and for such period as he shall deem necessary, suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants. So it's not just non-immigrant visas. It's immigrant visas too. LPRs, green cards, refugees, that is covered. So when when there's reports that the courts, you know, um, said that they couldn't detain people, they had to let them in, that's an exclusion. That is a violation of our national sovereignty. And let me tell you, this is not just about Muslim immigration or, you know, the Middle East and refugees. This is illegal immigration, too. This is what I warn in my book. The, the legal profession has the ability to encumber every single deportation of any illegal alien, you know, a guy that just runs over the Mexican border and potentially to win and and stop the deportation. So when you have these, there's a group of conservative thumbsuckers. Well, I don't know. I would have given more time. I would have not done LPRs. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm all for this, but this was kind of, you know. Look, Again, I could always poke holes in Trump, and he's always going to do a couple of funny things, and it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I would have had more stuff in order. I would have, you know, maybe given a week's notice or something, but you're not going to crawl under the left's legs. The snowflake conservatives think that there's some sort of a utopia where we could just crawl under the legs of the left, where they're not looking, do it all perfect, and, you know, and no, like, 
even had he not included LPRs, which, by the way, were not even the subject of the court case, they're giving rights to even non-immigrant visa ones. I mean, they're totally violating our sovereignty. Not that LPR or non-immigrant visas make a difference, both according to statute, according to the authority that was delegated to the president, um, case law, it, it just doesn't make a difference. But the point is, you're never going to, even had he given that, even had he given time, even had he waited till he had his stuff in order, you would have had massive protests. You, The courts would have done what they did. The courts are going to continue doing. And by the way, the courts, at the end of the day, they only stop, it's only 109 people that were in transit at the time it was issued. Anyone else, this is a moot point because they're not going to get on a plane. CPP has agents, um, or CBP, I'm sorry, has agents in, uh, I believe, if I'm correct here, the main places they'd be coming from are Paris or Dubai that have direct flights. So there are, there are agents there will not allow them to board the planes. And they don't have an alien standing outside our uh, outside of our country does not have the right to sue. There's nothing to sue. So, I mean, you never know. The courts might make up something, you know, they, they make up stuff on a daily basis. But that's where we are here. So it's it's not, I mean, th- this stuff is going through. And Trump, my advice to him is do do what Obama did to us. Don't just focus on one issue and allow the opposition to coalesce all their capital on that issue. Just blitzkrieg them, one executive action after another. And and again, I want to make it very clear. You guys know where I stand on Trump. You know I am going to blast him when he does something unlawful, even if I like the policy. This stuff is 100% lawful because the way our immigration statutes have been written, and rightfully so, they were written to grant broad discretion to the president to ratchet down immigration as needed because, you know— Sometimes you got to do it quickly because of security concerns, but not the ability to ratchet up immigration because that needs to be done by the whole of the people as represented through their elected representatives. Um, And you need a national debate over that. Do we want to bring in more people? But to ratchet down, a president can do that. Now, look, you know, Congress could always check him and pass a law forcing him to let people in. And, you know, if enough squishy Republicans join with Democrats, they could do that. You know, that's the balance of power here. But... You know, we won an election, so they're not unlikely to get that power. This is what the election's about. I mean, if the American people are like, man, we want the – and even the refugee program, it's a four-month moratorium. And it's not from just Muslim countries. It's from everything. Um, and it, it it's to – it calls upon the State Department and DHS to set up a new criteria. The program's broken. Everyone agrees to that. Just finan- fiscally, we spend 12, time, 12 times as much resettling them here as you could resettle closer at home. So you could actually save 12 times as many people. And, you know, so there's a lot of straw men. We're almost out of time here, and I, I barely touched the surface. I hope this was helpful. Um, and, and tweet me, at conservative. Let me know what your, um, you know, your, your thoughts are or or. You know, what do you want answered? What questions do you want answered? I'm going to be working overtime on this. And then at the end of the week, we're going to have the SCOTUS pick. And this is going to tie into this. Because this is what an originalist means. I'm hearing he's going to pick Hardiman. Now, that might not be true. It could be a rumor. I don't trust this guy. I'm just telling you. I mean, ironically, this guy would overturn Trump's own thing, in my opinion. Most of the Federalist Society-affiliated, you know, legal, eagle, conservative, legal people are not true originalists, and they're going to accept the phantom immigration rights that have been given in recent years, and they're not going to go back to our original case law. But that's where things should be, like Clarence Thomas would do, like like uh, you know Scalia was also you know exceptionally good on this issue. Um, 
Oh, and by the way, one other thing. I think, I could be wrong, but I think all these court cases are moot. They let them all go, which was a smart move. All right, 100 people, but the rest, you're done. They're not going to be able to board flights. And certainly, you know, that's what it is. And and one clarifying point, if let's say I'm a Somali immigrant living in America, and I know that if I go out, I might not be able to be let back in. I have no standing to sue in a court now because you don't have injury of fact now, right? It's a hypothetical. It's if, you know, you, you know, and then once you're outside, then you're outside. You don't have standing. So um, it, it should be pretty, pretty moot. But again, watch for the courts to go crazy. This is what I meant by stolen sovereignty. If we have reached the point where as a nation, we cannot even exclude people from failed Islamic states with no functioning government at a time when the U.S. attorney and a U.S. federal judge in Minnesota said there is a massive terror recruiting problems with, with, quote, tentacles spread wide in the Minneapolis community over and beyond the dozen or so that they caught. Again, these are not just, these are people already here now. These are citizens too. Now, citizens, you're more limited. We're very limited, and I certainly never want to violate the Constitution. And, you know, if Trump would ever follow through with the rhetoric of a Muslim registry for U.S. citizens, that's unconstitutional. I'm not going to support that. I don't think he's going to end up doing that. But we, we, we either save Western civilization or we don't. We either believe in our sovereignty or we don't. We either become like Europe or we actually don't commit suicide. And... Let's let's not expand the Constitution to where it doesn't exist, right? Let's let's apply it to, to citizens. You can't apply it to immigrants. To be very clear, they have rights. You can't throw them in a labor camp, but you could just say, "Look, goodbye. We don't want you here." Hopefully, from now on, we'll have a normal immigration system that anyone we give a green card to will absolutely want very enthusiastically, and we'll want them to become citizens. We'll want them to assimilate. But we have a lot of problems, and this needs to be dealt with. This is what we asked from Trump. He delivered in spectacular fashion, at least on this issue. You got to give him that. So anyway, thanks for listening, as always. God bless. This is going to be a hell of a fight this week. Come join me. Let the truth ring. Thank you very much, folks.